Hey everyone, welcome to the Startup Stories Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Rayner, and today I'm joined by Eric Torres, who's the founder of Hitch. Uh, Eric, thanks so much for joining us. Right before we get into uh, your three great stories from your experience as an entrepreneur, I want our listeners to learn uh, a little bit about you and a little bit about Hitch. So just take a couple minutes to tell us a bit about your background and introduce us to the product and what Hitch does. Absolutely, Jordan. I want to start off by thanking you for allowing us to come on to Startup Stories. It's really exciting for us and um, you know, the opportunity for us to get out there and talk about the product and, and what we're doing. It, it's, it's something that's new to all of us in terms of that excitement level. Yeah. Um, so you know, we hope that carries up and how we describe it. And, you know, I'll tell you, for, for myself personally, um, I've run the gamut. You know, like a lot of um, entrepreneurs... Um, had a great idea and really didn't know how to go about getting it done. So did what most traditionalists do. I, I took different jobs and I had great jobs. I'm, I worked for NASCAR. I worked for Nielsen. Really exciting things. And um, I'll tell you what, the co-founder of Hitch along with myself, it's really a funny story. Um, our, our wives had gone to an event for the 4th of July and we, we have children and, and we were stuck holding kids' shoes at a bouncy house. We had no idea who the other one was. But we were the only two dads. Who looked miserable in the heat holding a pair of kid shoes, <laughs> and we bonded over that. Believe it or not, <laughs> and um, you know from there, from there, Hitch was really born. It was a friendship more than anything else. Before anything else, a relationship, and um, from that point forward, uh, like-minded um, individuals who felt that there was a, a need, and um, that's really how Hitch was born. That's that's um, that's really interesting. So tell us about. Tell us about Hitch in a nutshell. What's the elevator pitch? Uh, who's Hitch for? How does it work? All that good stuff. Yeah, so, you know, Hitch is really for everyone. And, and what we mean by that is, you know, we were, we were both looking at, at just cars. He's a car aficionado. He loves it. And he happens to have a background. When I say he, the co-founder of Hitch, Chuck Pasquato. Um, and, uh, you know, his background is in delivery. And my background was in, in traditional marketing and advertising and really creative out-of-the-box thinking. And, uh, you know, we're looking at cars. We're just saying, look at all that empty cargo space every day. You know, the economy was, um, was having a little bit of a bounce back, but it was still sour. People weren't making what they were before. And we just looked at that. And we said, what if people could use that empty cargo space? They're already going to work. They're already going to school. They're already going to daycare. What if they could use that empty cargo space and make a couple extra bucks? Um, it will supplement their income. Um, it'll help the person who's shipping get a more valuable from a financial perspective, get a, a more valuable deal on their money. And you know what? It, it, it gets it, it keeps one extra car off the road, and uh, it helps the environment a little bit. And we felt that it hit all three things that are important to people nowadays. It, it talked about the opportunity to supplement your income when people are hurting. It talked about the opportunity to um, save and get local individuals uh, items on demand when it's wanted. And that's the way, obviously, retail is going right now, is being able to pick things up on demand. We're able to do it affordably. And then obviously people are always concerned about their environment for their future and their children's future. And we figured, you know what, we'll, uh, if we can help in our way, this is one way that we can do that. We're not solving the problem, but we're certainly saying, hey, listen, utilizing Hitch, that's a resource that's already in motion. We don't have to put a secondary resource in motion to make this happen. So we feel we're touching our three really important points that are important to a lot of people today. Yeah, no, it's really, it's really smart. So uh, I, had a, I had a chance to meet Eric a, a few weeks ago, and I, I was just really impressed with um, how far along the product is, the design of the product is really exceptional. Uh, they've done they've done a really great job at that. But but what I really love about this is you guys, th this product is coming about at a really good time, right? So the 
the sharing economy has entered the lexicon of the 2016 presidential election. You're seeing presidential candidates fight about Uber and some other sharing economy startups, which is really interesting. So you guys are positioned well, I think, for some big success. And I really, I'm a really big fan of what you guys guys are doing. So, so Eric, so with every episode that we are producing of Startup Stories, we're asking each of our guests to tell two compelling stories uh, from their experience as entrepreneurs. Uh, so for you, either with Hitch or, or maybe some of your other experiences, uh, tell two compelling stories that convey valuable lessons uh, that, that you think are important for entrepreneurs to learn. So what story do you want to kick us off with today? Well, you know, one of the favorite things that I like to talk about, and it's more of a general story, Jordan, yeah. it certainly reflects to what we do, is I'm an older entrepreneur. There's not... There's, to me, there's not a bad time to be an entrepreneur, uh, you know. But I'm not. I'm not in my early 20s, fresh out of college, with a great idea and a spring in my step. And um, one of the things that I've noticed is that when when you have a younger entrepreneur who hasn't been seasoned by traditional business, there's an issue of naivety that goes along with that. That's endearing, and that's what I want to get across in this part of yeah. the story: is that to endear yourself to naivety. Don't be afraid to ask the question because. Your experiences have conditioned you to realize that the answer might be not what you're looking for. And what I mean by that is you might have a 20-year-old kid who has a great idea and asked a question that everybody else says, you shouldn't ask that question. And guess what? He gets what he was asking for because he asked it. It's that simple. (laughs) And one of the things that we do is we stop ourselves. Well, that's one of the things I've learned as an entrepreneur is to really embrace that naivety and uh, sure, you got You know, there's certain things obviously that you have to play around with when it comes to the business world and understand. But don't be afraid. Don't shy away from naivety and make yourself sound smarter than you are. Or use past experiences to go ahead and try and find out what the decision is going to be for this particular experience. Every experience is unique. Every experience is different. And if you don't know the answer, or you don't know what the answer is going to be, ask it. You never know. You might be surprised at the answer you get back in return. Whether that's seeking funding, whether that's seeking um, human capital to help on a project. It doesn't matter. Don't be afraid of not knowing the answer. Ask it. I love, I love that lesson. It's fantastic. We so I am, uh, I'm digging into a great book right now called Rookie Smarts, uh, and it, it it talks about it basically just says verbatim uh, what you just articulated, which is that you know rookies, uh, especially young people and young entrepreneurs, especially. Uh, don't know uh, what landmines to avoid. They don't know what questions they shouldn't be asking. There's a big difference between stupid questions and naive questions. Stupid questions are questions that you're asking because you couldn't Google something and you didn't do your homework. Naive questions are are really really get to the core of the problem uh, in business, right? Which is incredibly valuable. So that that's a fantastic that's a fantastic lesson. I know it's one of the things that. Uh, we look for when we're hiring uh, new members of the Vocrio team is just uh, the audacity to ask good Absolutely. questions and, 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 and naive questions, right? You know, we don't want a lot of times we're not looking for uh, our consultants to be experts in a lot of different areas of a business. We want them to be naive to some degree when it comes to the industries that they're dealing with with our clients because it I actually think it's a huge advantage. It helps cut to the core of the business's issues and the opportunities for the business to grow, which which I love. I love that and, and especially younger people. I agree. So, so Eric, one more story. If you've got one for us, share one more lesson that you think is really important for entrepreneurs to learn as they're starting their businesses. 
Yeah, absolutely. One of the other things that, that we've learned as we've been through Hitch, and, you know, one of the things people look at is an overnight sensation. And, um, you know, we've been in development for two years, and nobody knows yet who we are. And once we do break, it'll be this new app, Hitch, which might be three or four years into it. And, you know, that's the really funny part for me. But, but what happens is things change over time. And, and the way you start um, doesn't necessarily mean the way you end. You need to be flexible with that. And, and I'll equate it to what's going on with us and Hitch into a broader spectrum, the crowdsource model. So Uber and people like Airbnb had the benefit of really being pioneers mm-hmm. um, in this version of the crowdsourcing model. While they weren't the first, um, they certainly are the pinnacle of what people look at today in terms of crowdsourcing. So they've, tra- they've uh, blazed a trail for us that um, has helped with the technology, helped with the acceptance in certain markets. But what it's also done is brought lots of questions of legalities into it. Mm-hmm. And as a result, what has happened as newer crowdsource companies like Hitch come into existence, all these issues of legality that weren't around for Uber and Airbnb to contemplate, we have to contemplate now. Yeah. And what that has done to a certain extent is created obstacles for us to be able to deliver a platform that people, not governments, not um, laws that are not in the books yet, but that people want. Mm-hmm. And, and as a result, you, you don't, I want to say you lose focus but you have to have an eye towards what's going on. But what I got to say is you've got to maintain true to what your vision is. Mm-hmm. And it might sound, as we talked about naive in the first part of the story, it might sound naive to say, listen, just do what you're going to do. But that's the best thing I can tell you is be true to the concept of what you have. Don't be so inflexible that you can't make changes on the fly and pivot when you have to. But you can't let the outside forces that are going on really dictate what you're trying to do. The moment you do that is the moment, in my opinion, that you've lost. Yeah. And, um, it, it is such a slippery slope to get on the moment you start handcuffing opportunities. And um, you probably can hear the frustration in my voice when I talk <laughs> about that because when you're in a group, as most startup people are, it's not usually one person, it's a conglomerate of people, um, you have different ideas and different personalities. And, uh, you know, the one that you, marketing always hates to see is legal. And yeah. the one that legal always hates to see is marketing. We just, <laughs> you know... But it's, it's, it's true, and, and ultimately, we're in a people business. Hitch happens to do deliveries, or we're not even doing deliveries. We're, we're a, a marketplace that puts people together for the purpose of deliveries. But we're, we're not a delivery company. Just like Uber is not a taxi company. We're really a people company. And that's the best part of the story that I can share, Jordan, is to stay true to yourself. Pay attention to the outside forces. It would be foolish not to, but don't let them dictate what you're trying to do, because ultimately the market will decide, not anybody else. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a fantastic lesson. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, so, Eric, thank you so much for joining us today on Startup Stories. If you, if you want to follow the work uh, that Eric and his team at Hitch are doing, be sure to follow them on Twitter at TryHitch. Uh, and just as a reminder, this is one of just a handful of episodes we are airing to experiment with the Startup Stories podcast. So if you love the show, Uh, and you want to see us keep it going and keep it on the air, be sure to share it with your friends. Eric, thanks again. Absolutely, Jordan. Thank you for having us. We certainly appreciate it.